to yeah, but what's really going on? Where we scratch the surface of what we're saying and thinking to offer some insight into what's really going on. My name's Sarah, and as a transformational coach, I've seen the true magic of inner well-being, despite the human ability to convince otherwise. And I'm Martin, and I've been in the corporate world for 27 years, and I've always been interested in the people aspect of corporate life. I recently obtained a master's degree in workplace health and well-being, and I'm keen to explore the world of people further. So join us each week as we take a real subject that's popped up for us, and with an alternative take, get curious about what's really going on for all of us. So, first of all, Martin, happy birthday. Thanks. 49. Today, to mark your birthday, we thought we'd have a chat about privilege. We did. Because it's something that we've been chatting about for quite a while. We have. Privilege around what we think is going on and privilege to actually what is going on. Yes. I think it's a good time to talk about it, given the fact that it's your birthday and out of the three of us, you, me and Em, you're the last of us to have a birthday in what is still lockdown. lockdown. Given the fact that we're restricted in terms of what we can do and the people that we can see and it's sometimes very easy to get caught up in the fact that oh, God, this is a bit of a rubbish birthday and I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do and be who I want to be and all of that. I've been sobbing uncontrollably all day. <laughs> As you sip your second glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hadn't thought about the fact that out of the three of us, I was the last person to experience a birthday in lockdown because obviously my birthday being at the end of February last year, me being a, a leap year boy and all that meant that mine happened virtually three weeks before we went into lockdown. And I certainly have had thoughts today about wishing mm. that I could have gone to the pub headed into London for a wander around and a dinner at a restaurant or lunch at a restaurant or whatever it was, but it hasn't felt like that at all. Overall, I've felt incredibly privileged. I would say that, wouldn't I, because we're talking about that on the podcast, but I felt incredibly privileged in terms of the fact that we're in a third lockdown. I am healthy and happy for the most part. My good lady wife, who sat next to me, is happy and healthy for the most part. And our daughter, who's recently buggered off back to Guildford to continue her studies, is happy and healthy for the most part. And that has generally been the case throughout this 12 months. We've been very fortunate in terms of having not lost anyone to COVID. It's opened my eyes massively over the past 12 months. And certainly I think it manifested itself today where I've had the day off from work. What a privilege that is as a starter for 10. We've slept in a comfortable bed, in a warm room. We have running water that doesn't give us disease if we drink it. We've got food in the cupboard. And I got some presents. I don't really care about presents anymore. Two or three people sent me a card, which was a wonderful gift 
I've had a really nice day. And I will say this word, despite lockdown. Yeah. I've been able to go outside and enjoy the sunshine. We've been out for a run. We've watched TV. We've drunk cups of tea and coffee. You're quite right. I'm on my second glass of wine. Quite enjoying that. I had a beer early this afternoon at 2.13pm. <laughs> and I had a couple of beers last night. And I had a pizza on Friday, a curry on Saturday. And sausage and fried egg butties last night. So... But that's not what we're talking about, really. It's just the whole piece around privilege of wanting for all those things that we think are our privilege when actually they're not. They're just cherries and icing on top of the cake. Yeah, and I think certainly for me, it's the privilege of life that somehow we've taken for granted that you mentioned about having a roof over our heads and running water and the ability to sleep in a bed and the privilege of just being able to take a breath automatically without knowing how that's being done for me is a bit of a privilege. We don't know really how our body works and it works effortlessly behind the scenes there's a lot going on that allows us to think and feel and breathe and move and privilege in that that somehow we take for granted that maybe we start to strive for something outside of that and we strive for something that maybe is there's a want or a need to be better or something more than what we are when really we're very privileged. And that for me is the bit where privilege slips into entitlement. Yeah. You know, it's a privilege for us to live here in Wokingham in a nice flat. And it's been, you know, it's a privilege that Emily went to a decent school and it's a privilege that we've saved enough money to help Emily with tuition fees and accommodation and all that sort of stuff. There are many people who can't do that. The entitlement piece, I think, is something that people think is their divine right. And I've really struggled with that through lockdown as a, I guess, as a concept, want of a better word. You know, we're in lockdown three. You go into Wokingham Town Centre and there are market stalls up. There are people milling around. Lockdown one. You go into Wokingham Town Centre on the Saturday afternoon and it would be deserted. Yeah. And yet the restrictions of lockdown one versus lockdown three are in essence no different. Stay at home, exercise once a day, you know, no household mixing. And yet it feels incredibly different. And yes, of course, a third lockdown is going to be more wearing than a first lockdown. But... There are so many things that I think people are seeing as an entitlement. You know, why aren't market stalls open? Why can't my kids go and play in the park and all that sort of stuff? And it's kind of like, because you can't. Yeah. And that's not an entitlement. That's yeah. that's a requirement. Yeah. And we seem to, certainly in the UK, I think we struggle with that. Yeah, and I think for me there's a certain level of attaching 
a privilege against a circumstance and somehow that is how we best live our life so in order for us to live our best life in Wokingham we need to be out with our children in the park drinking our takeaway coffee and enjoying all the life that Wokingham has to offer when for me privilege is being able to open my eyes in the morning and greet a new day and wonder what kind of free thought and free will I'm going to experience in that day and wondering where that's going to take me and having that sense of possibility about experiencing the world right now being present to that I get frustration from the privilege that our whole outlook as human beings is linked to the circumstances of what we're actually doing doesn't matter with regards to rules and regulations we can flout those because we need to be fulfilled and we need to be happy and in order to be happy we need to go out and we need to get our takeaway coffee and that just doesn't sit well with me at all it's probably a bigger picture around the the lockdown bit but it's a privilege to live in a country where there is running water and food is readily available and there is law and order, basic human rights that we take for granted. And yet, here we are a year down the line, and people's appreciation for what they have, rather than what they don't have, doesn't seem to have hit home for a lot of people. I'm not saying for everyone, it just hasn't hit home the just that whole piece around being grateful for what you have is something that we're beginning to lose sight of again. I think in the first six months of lockdown, I think people got it. Well, I think for a lot of for a lot of us, probably myself included, it it gave us a bit of pause and reflection time where it was like foot off the gas, yeah. gives you a bit of time to switch off and all of that and now it's like oh my god we're a year down the line oh god when is this going to end and life is not only a privilege what it is but it's a gift and I really like what you say about appreciating what you have got rather than what you haven't because there was a certain time in my life and I know in your life when we were focused primarily on what we didn't have rather than what we did absolutely you know, for us, it was a second child. Yeah. And that went on for years and years and years. Today, people are desperate to go on holiday. <laughs> and I get it. You know, who doesn't want to go somewhere other than where they live in the form of a holiday, which is a well-known way of exploring other destinations? We've travelled extensively. It pains me when people are wanting guarantees about whether they can go on holiday or not and how it's going to affect their mental health if they don't go and I find it very very irresponsible when people suggest that their mental health is going to be affected because they can't go to Greece for two weeks or they can't go to centre parks or they can't go to Spain for a week or whatever it is because 
those things are the the icing and cherry yeah. on top of the privileged life that we lead. I get frustrated with people who feel that way because I don't feel they appreciate what is right in front of them and and that goes back to being present. But yeah, think of all the cool conversations that we've had. Think of all the the relaxation that we've been able to enjoy. The fact that we've got the freedom of being able to eat what we want when we want and we're not somehow under a an, an immense amount of pressure to do anything mm-hmm. and going back to your point about holidays <laughs> something jumped into my head can you remember all those holidays that we used to go on and also when I, when I was younger going with a family where you'd get UK people abroad and they'd want to do everything that they did at home but only in another country yeah so they'd search out the the Brit bar, they'd search the out bar. they'd search out the fish and chips, they'd search out the English breakfast. English yeah, breakfast. full English breakfast. Yeah, and yeah. it's like yeah. why would you do that? And it's like you don't even want to experience the culture of where you are. Yeah. You just want to take your privileged life and plonk it yeah. in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you're absolutely right. Um Saying to my mate last night, I was on a on a Zoom call with him. He lives like three miles away, but if a year ago someone at work had said to me, Martin, here's an opportunity for you. You're going to work at home five days a week for a year. Mm. Do you want to take it? I would have fought tooth and nail to not do that. Yet here we are a year later and I don't know how many hours I would have saved by not commuting to work for, let's say, 40 weeks of the year, an hour and a half a day, seven and a half hours a week. That's what, 280, that's quite 300 hours over the course of a year. 12, 13, 14 days, it's almost like a fortnight in a car that I haven't had to do. And I feel so grateful for the fact that my business has not put me or anybody under any pressure to go back to the office, even one day a week, two days a week. They've paid my wages all the way through lockdown. It's been challenging at times. Of course it has. You know, the prospect of working at home five days a week and then finishing work and realising that you're at home um, and figuring out boundaries and all that sort of stuff. But... God, what a privileged life that is. But life is challenging. I mean, yeah, of course it is. There are always going to be things that we have in life that are hard, or we perceive them as being hard. Yeah. But I think when we realise, or, or certainly for me, when I realise that there's a great gift that we've got in order to be able to open our eyes and live, without any repercussion, without ever having to pay for it. I mean, it's, it's like life is free. There is a freedom to it. So why is it that a lot of us are 
wanting a holiday, feeling like we're entitled to a holiday and as a human race just in, in, in the developed world just don't seem to get about that. I've got an idea about that. Shoot. And I, I think it's because people perceive a feeling linked to an external circumstance. So I will only ever be happy when I trade my car in for a new one. I will only ever be fulfilled when I get that promotion at work. I will only ever be able to relax when I go on that expensive holiday. And I've worked hard, so I deserve an expensive holiday. And that holiday will reward me for all the hard work I've done. And it's almost like there's an external stimulus to feeling. Yeah. That doesn't look real for me. I remember a holiday that we were on in Miami that cost us a bleeding fortune and an arm and a leg. And I probably spent a week, if not 10 days of that two weeks, absolutely bloody miserable. Yeah. Because we were dealing with a, a stroppy teenager. <laughs> There's been some other instances when we've had some external things that we've chased. Bigger house, better car. Yeah. Bigger jobs. Bigger jobs. I got promoted three times within the space of about five years. I was living life in the fast lane in terms of a career. I ended up on my arse having a nervous breakdown. I wanted to throw myself out of a first story window after a chair. I mean, it's like, what? Yeah. You can just be as happy and as content sat on the sofa with a cup of tea talking about hmm. the weather yeah of course and having free mind free thought free thinking and just and even just letting thought and thinking and freedom of thought run through you that is just as fulfilling and as rewarding as anything external but i guess whatever we think that that next holiday that new car that new job Whenever we think that, we will continue to chase it. You know, I, I feel quite fortunate that I've noticed that. Yeah. I've recognised that it doesn't, and it certainly didn't, make me happy. If anything, it made me miserable because I was going about it in the wrong way, which is, for me is just that gap between in, in knowing internally what makes you happy yeah. And looking externally as to what you think will make you happy. Yeah. In between the internal and external validation is why. Maybe it's the going back to the privilege thing. Maybe it's the thing that you have to seek a privileged life rather than realising that you've had a privileged life all along. The realisation that privilege is running water. I remember somebody you walk into a restaurant and they offer you still or sparkling water, you live a life of privilege. <laughs> and, and they're spot on, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you see that even in Pizza Express. Yeah. We've just got our collective knickers in a twist 
about what a great life looks like. I want to travel again. My best friend lives in Australia. There is more of America that I want to see. There are lots of other countries that I want to go and see. But I do not want to eat a full English breakfast in the morning, fish and chips at lunchtime, and then some sort of steak and chips with peas in the evening whilst drinking Guinness in an Irish bar because I want to experience something different. And the experience is what's important. It isn't the coming back and telling all your friends that you went to Los Angeles and you stayed in the Beverly Hills Hotel. And if that's what you come back with, you haven't had a holiday, you haven't experienced anything. You've just thought that people are going to be impressed with that. And if people are impressed with that, bloody hell, we've got it wrong. I like what you said about what does a great life look like? I think as a human race right now, we have got that all wrong, I think. Everybody's story of life and the story of their life has drama in it. Everybody has experienced something that's been tragic, yeah. something that's been difficult, something that's been completely joyful. And that is just standard because... And one of the things I'm doing this writing course that was really interesting to hear. Your story is boring. And it's really, it, it, that knocked me on my ass because it's like, what? My story is boring. And it's like, well, say more about that. Well, because everybody experiences something like that. Everybody's like got a, a shit mother or a, a, a dysfunctional family. Yeah, they know or somebody a, who's had cancer. Yeah, or, it's yeah. like, your story is yeah. boring. Yeah. But it's, it's the realisation that everyone experiences those, in inverted commas, dramas mm. in their life, those challenges. They're different for all of us, but they're the same. And that's what I mean. What does, it, what does a great life look like? If you showed me one person who's complaining about having to homeschool their four kids... I'll show you another person who would give their right arm to have four kids. To have one child. If you show me somebody who is complaining about being furloughed, I'll show you another person who's, who would give again the left arm to be in the position where they're furloughed because they're having to juggle three jobs. Yeah. And or, they would, or they're one of the three million people who don't have yeah, a job. Yeah, unemployed. And, and it's yeah. like, I like what you said about what does a great life look like? To tell from your authentic life about what you're experiencing and to be a priv and to be privileged and appreciative of that life for all of its ups and its downs and its weaves and its turns and and every day hopefully we get to close our eyes at the end of it and then we get to open them the next day yeah. and it's almost like the, the slate has is, is wiped clean it's like 
you, you get to almost live your life yeah. again mm-hmm. every single day. And it's not even like you're living it again. You're living. You're just living your life every single day. Well, life is a series of series of days where you wake up, do stuff, and then go to sleep. Yeah. You know, we all pray that we're going to bloody wake up the following morning because lots of people who don't. That's the definition of privilege for me, being yeah. able to appreciate that that's what we all have got access to and we all do. This is how I'd approach the what does a great life look like question, yeah. and it's this. You know, I'm 49 now. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. <laughs> Laura Averages says, I'm over halfway in terms of my life. Unsurprisingly, occasionally you cast your mind forward to the moment that you die. And we've had the conversation about life being short. When people gather round at your funeral, they will not talk about what holidays I went on. They will not talk about the cars I drove, the houses I lived in. They will talk about my character my values, the experiences that they saw that enhanced and validated those experiences and values and characteristics that I possessed. I'd love for people to occasionally just cast their mind forward and think, how will I be remembered? It won't be they were amazing at their job. It will be who you were as a human in that life. And with that in mind, you then immediately release yourself from any responsibility to think, oh, God, by the time I die, I need to have done. I need to have done all these things. You know, bucket lists are, are a big thing, aren't they? And I think if you've got a bucket list that is full of experiences that you want to have great but if those experiences are trophies look again at your bucket list but also think again about what it is that you want to get out of life because no one will remember your net worth when you die in money terms they will remember your net worth in terms of the wealth that they provided you in enriching your life. I'd like to flip it on its head as well. If, if today was your first day on earth and you had no idea about where you were, yeah. and you had no idea about what you'd done, what would you do? I would go to Los Angeles and check into the Beverly Hills Hotel. <laughs> No, I wouldn't. Going back to what I said about the the whole wipe the slate clean, if you like, and I'm not saying forget everything that was in your past, but to a certain extent I am because you only remember it now. It's not real. It happened in the past and you only recall it as a memory now. Yeah. You've got the capability of doing anything with your day because you've got no preconceived notion about what may happen, what baggage you're carrying around with you, what you supposedly have to achieve three weeks on Tuesday, um, any of that. 
that is a privilege for me. Opening your eyes and greeting life in that way doesn't require takeaway coffee. Or a million Instagram followers. Or a, min yeah. <laughs> or a million Instagram okay. followers. Life, life is what it is right now. It's full of, you know, we get marketed to hundreds, if not thousands of times a day in various shapes and forms, mostly on social media, probably. But we don't realise we've got free will. We've got free thought. Yeah. We don't realise any of that. We can think for ourselves. Oh, this is a new thing, isn't it? <laughs> No, but I'm fascinated by that. But maybe this is that's for another time. But. On that point of thinking for yourself, when I was younger, in my 20s, I was going up the corporate ladder. And when I say up the corporate ladder, I mean the early rungs. I don't mean the high rungs. I mean the early rungs. Yeah, I was, I was consumed with that lifestyle of more expensive houses, nicer cars, nicer clothes, the mm. the restaurants and bars that you went to and who you were there with and all that sort of stuff. But again, it's I, searching for privilege. Of course. But that's that for me, that's where entitlement kicks in. Once you fail to see that privilege is opening your eyes in the morning, yeah. in essence, you are then on a, well, surely I'm entitled to yeah. my takeaway coffee appreciate I sound like a proper stick in the mud but <laughs> I did that for 10-15 years and you know you talk about the the external validation of kids it's like we had one child for eight years we could not let go of the fact that having a second child was critical critical to our happiness oh, it was yeah. and no amount of people asked us when when was number two happening well uh, at the expense of my health as well yeah all through that i was not thinking for myself everyone else was doing my thinking for me well, neither was I. <laughs> you know when's the when's child number two coming along at no, at no point did i say well not for a long time i do now but never did i say what i say now which is we tried to have a second child. We tried for eight years. We had seven miscarriages. It didn't work. Sarah had a hysterectomy. There came a point where we had to move on. And I'm not saying it wasn't worth struggling, because there are struggles in everyone's life That's in some way, shape or form. Yeah. But we weren't in that struggle because it was 100% what we wanted. We were in that struggle because people were telling us yeah. that everyone has two kids, or at least two kids. Yeah. And yet you found that stat quite recently. I think they said in 2017 in the UK, 40% of families are one-child yeah. families. Like, I'm barely the minority as a parent of a one-child family, yet I thought I was made to feel like some sort of social leper because I only had one child. I say only had one child. I know there are thousands of people, probably millions, who do not have a child and would probably chop off an arm yeah. for that privilege because yeah. they feel it would enhance their life, etc., etc. And they can't have that. We don't recognise the privilege we have, whether it's one child 
And we certainly didn't recognise that privilege. It's a difficult one for people to get their heads around in a modern, mm. civilised Western society that we live in, where you get marketed to and more money and class and all that sort of stuff. I'll get off my hobby horse in a minute. <laughs> you on your soapbox. On my soapbox, I'm going for a bit. But at no time was I really thinking for myself. Yeah. And fortunately now, I can look back at it and go, it was bloody painful. I've lost count of the number of times that I cried about the fact that we weren't going to have two kids. Mm. I'm so incredibly grateful for the fact that we have Emily at all, because looking back, yeah. it doesn't make sense at all. Scientifically, <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. And so, so not only appreciating what we have is generally seen as where we live, what we do for a living, what's on the driveway what clothes we have on, as opposed to being grateful for what you have, happiness, health, friends, family, is the piece that I really wish that we could all see more clearly and appreciate a whole lot more than we do. The way in which it looks to me, in my opinion, is that we all have choices in life. We'll have a way we can live our life and we can pay attention to the stuff that causes us pain if we want to. We did for eight years. Yeah, yeah. Or we can pay attention to other stuff, cool stuff, exciting stuff, possible stuff. And... The fact that we even have that choice for me is a privilege. We have a way of getting free of the negativity that can somehow spiral. We don't have to believe that it's true. We don't have to hang on to it. We don't have to do any of that. We think we might. We don't have to believe what's being peddled in the media. Or it's a privilege to be able to think for yourself. And I think it's a privilege that we don't take up on enough. Because I've just seen that recently yeah. as being the most underestimated and underutilised thing. If you live in a nice house with a nice car, that's okay. If it's what your happiness is conditional on, you're in trouble. If it's merely providing a milestone in your life to strive for something more than that, you are also in trouble. And if you're doing both those things, you're in a whole heap of trouble, <laughs> in my opinion. Appreciate what you have. The, the absolute essential basics of life, breathing, walking, running water, food on the table, a roof over your head, because it really will help you appreciate when other things come along, how incredibly awesome they are. Including a glass of wine on your birthday. Exactly. <laughs> Great chat. Good chat. I probably need to take a bit of time climbing down. I appear to have gotten quite high on the soapbox this <laughs> evening. So, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, good chat. We, we must do it again soon. Yeah, so we must. Maybe do it this again time next soon. week ish. <laughs> yeah. Stay safe and well, everyone, and, and thank you for listening. Much love. Thank you.